Welcome to Watch Party Wheel of Time. I'm your host, Ruark, joined once again by our panel of newbies. Say hello, panel. Hello. Hello, panel. panel. Joining us today, it's Greg. Hello there. Siobhan. Hey, everybody. And Samaria. Let's play some ball. No Roll Tide? No, that was yesterday. Gotta mix it up. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta mix it up. <laughs> She's wearing the roll tide sweaty though. So I, I thought that was just like like your version of Aloha. It's like hello, goodbye, how are you? Yeah, it oh, it totally is. It's, it it's full purpose phrase. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we got a little bit of a smaller crew today, but I am okay with that because I have to edit three shows this weekend, and the fewer people on an episode, the easier it is to edit. Amen. So, all right, everything uh, everything okay with everybody? Everybody enjoy the episode. Oh yeah. Yes. 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 Oh my gosh. It got uh it keeps getting better. A lot of emotions in this episode. A <laughs> lot of emotions. This, this one's just sloppy with emotions. It's almost dripping with emotions. Oh, don't put it like that. Oozing with emotions maybe. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's moist with emotions. <laughs> Moister than a trollic's face. <laughs> Let's just get right into it. Uh, this is episode 202, Strangers and Friends. And it starts off our first scene, cold open, in the foregate in Kyrian. Um, and uh, Rand is, is having dreams of killing his friends while Shamael watches. And then he, he, he wakes up, he's, he's staying there looking out the window, and his new friend Celine asks him to come back to bed seems that she's his landlord and something a little more i was like rand you were such a damn dude how <laughs> <laughs> didn't take long at all <laughs> how predictable can you get i do note that she says every night so he's having these nightmares every single night which can and she's with them every single night well, that's how he's paying his rent thought the same thing honestly I, she doesn't strike me as the kind of person who would not also want money yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just... Oh, yeah. he's still he's still paying the rent as well yeah yeah then we see ran the next morning he's uh walking to his job uh, in the city seems he's working at some kind of an asylum um as he's walking through we hear just madness and voices coming from all directions uh including from inside Rand's head mm -hmm. because we hear you are mine randall thor yeah, I was like, are you are you a part-time patient, Rand? That wasn't nice. But, you know, it was midnight. Somebody tosses him a tortilla like it's a Texas Tech game. It does kind of look like he's almost looking into his future, like walking mm. through the asylum. Like he's a nurse today. Yeah, and, and when we first saw this scene, I wasn't sure if he, if he was working there or if he was, you know, part-time. Outpatient program. Yeah, yeah, outpatient program. Going for his Thorazine shot. <laughs> so we get our our credits roll and then we go back to tiefen's well where uh lan and moraine both look just beat to shit which frankly they were the night before so they should look that way we finally get a count on the fades they say there were three i i i still say there were four i think there were it four and they like just there were four they missed the one yeah adelia's fawns over lan and She's hilarious. Um, yeah. <laughs> I like her more every scene she's in. <laughs> oh yeah. And and Varen says that she and her sister they'll they'll go with Moraine and Lan to somewhere we don't know where yet. If you notice in the captions, sister is capitalized. So 
Baron and Adelius are not sister sisters. They're they're Aes Sedai sisters. Aes Sedai sisters. Okay, that I did sense. notice that. And not necessarily retired, as we learn later. Yeah, I think Aes Sedai. It's like the mob. You, you you retire when they tell you you're retired. Right. So then, of course, Varen asks Moraine if she's going to go to the tower first. Full well knowing that Moraine is exiled. I, I think we're starting to see a little bit of uh, Varen's spine here. Yep. Oh, Varen's really good at it, too. She's yeah. sharp. She doesn't miss a thing. Oh, yeah. No. Don't mess with a librarian. Yeah. I mean, if she's been going around collecting history, she's probably got a much larger perspective on what's going on than most people would also it's like that thing where everybody talks in front of librarians thinking they're that they're not listening or not listening and so librarians end up (laughs) librarians end up being like the staff in a school that knows everything sees everything too because you know it's the first place kids go and you know i kind of imagine that the brown eyes to die of all of them are probably the ones that most people read as harmless if an Aes Sedai can be harmless, you're thinking, oh, yeah, it's just the librarians. They're fine. Which is funny because they clearly have a warder. So. Yeah. Who's able to wield the... the he's, he's got the sword. They got the flame. Let's kill lots of Trollocs. We're <laughs> 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 writing pet shop. So then Moraine tells Lan to have Tomas go and ready her horse. She says to Lan very pointedly, you're too weak, and uh, I don't trust you because you let me almost get killed by some fades. She's really twisting the knife. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The thing is, when she twists the knife, you can tell it's hurting her, too. Yeah. You oh, can yeah. see That's it the in her. best kind. And I, all of these scenes between her and Lan, they just they keep reminding me of, like, there's always that that movie or TV show where a kid like befriends a, a monkey or or Bigfoot or something, <laughs> and there's always some point where they have to say, "No, just go, go back to the wild. You're not. We we don't love you. We don't want you. Go away." <sighs> you know, trying to get it to go back to the wild, <laughs> right. and that is exactly what this feels like. She's you know, releasing it's like that, him. <laughs> yeah, it, it's that scene it's in Harry and the Hendersons yeah. when when John Lithgow is yelling at Bigfoot to go away. You know, yeah. Uh, so then we move on. We are in Eridoman again with uh, Perrin and Uno et al. Uno is betching because that's how he rolls. Yeah. <laughs> Goat licking bastard. <laughs> that's a good one. I feel like Uno isn't happy unless there's a fight. Oh, happening. yeah. <laughs> he needs to get all that aggression out somehow. As I've heard it put, he fights at the drop of a hat and he brings his own hat. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so they they figure out where the dark friends have gone and and cross the river to investigate the the little castle town village thing that's there. And uh, Perrin sees a woman closing a shutter in a building, so he's like, oh, over there. So they they go and investigate. When they walk in, Perrin sees a family, and he's like, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to. And then he realizes they're not really there, and he realizes he's seeing what happened and the fades and the dark friends are there killing everybody. And that's when he turns around and sees Elias staring unblinkingly at him. He then realizes the room is full of flies and dead people. Yeah. And, you know, Elias is like, better learn quick how to tell the difference. And like Perrin is so, so unsettled. Like, I feel like if this were happening 
I guess, less abruptly, he might take it better if it was like a little bit here and a little bit there. And like he has time to like gradually acclimate. But it seems to be something that gets kickstarted with trauma. And Perrin has had so much of that. And it's when it's Perrin, it's always like right here, right now. He never gets to see it coming. He never gets to prepare for it. Um, And then you have Elias, who's just like staring at him big golden eyes at all times not saying anything like useful ever in full sentences not being super helpful (laughs) you know i feel like like um perrin would be better off talking to min because at some point in her life she had the experience of seeing things that wasn't there and she could probably and she's a much more outgoing person she could probably walk them through it a lot better than Elias is doing. And uh, yeah, Perrin tells Elias at this moment, pretty much just back the fuck up. Like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing to me, but back off. And Elias is just like, that's that's not how it works, buddy. (laughs) You know, you have no idea what's going on. You're in my head. It's not me in your head. Masima comes and and says, hey, you guys got to come check this out. This is, this is, this is really fucked up. I guarantee you've never seen one of these before. And they... Sure as hell haven't, because there's a fade nailed to a door. Yeah, it's very ugly. And then I was like, man, I would take it down and like dissect it. I've never, oh, I yeah. like skip that unit in, in <laughs> class, like every single, I have no idea. So like, I don't know where this impulse comes from, but I was like, ooh, I want to touch it and like, really? <laughs> That's what I would have done. I would have taken it with us. Like, I, I, I want I want to see. Because the only time you ever really see a fade is when it's trying to shank you. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, to see one in broad daylight. Take it apart, see if you can figure out what the, the shadow organ thing is. Yeah, what's going on? Ingtar, as they're looking at this fade on the wall, just says, yeah, let's let's uh, go back to that last village and stay there for the night. They they have fewer fades nailed to the walls <laughs> I there. love how apparently staying in that creep house was an option. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the way they phrased it, I was like, hold up, were you thinking about it? I mean, you know, if you clear out the flies, it's not so bad. Oh, we don't have enough Clorox for that. <laughs> yeah, with well, a sensitive, uh, as sensitive, uh, you know, sniffer as Elias has, it's like, yeah, it's, you wouldn't want to be anywhere near that. Sleeping yeah. under the stars, indeed. So then we jump back to the the asylum in Kyrian, and uh, we find Rand taking care of Errol who is a veteran of the Aiel War from 20 years ago. And Errol thinks that Rand is Aiel, and Rand is just very, very kind. We go through this yes. every morning. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I know, Errol. I'm, I'm, I'm horrible. Yep, my people suck. I don't know who these people are, that, but I, yeah, I'm horrible. Anyway, let's go for a walk. Rand is so kind. Yes. He like, is so yeah. kind to this and man. Patient. Yeah. And I do wonder if it doesn't remind, because like, he found out his father was uh, a soldier in the IO Wars. Yeah. Like, I wonder if there's a little bit of a affection coming from that. A little bit of sympathy. And and we hear Errol talking about how fierce the IEL are and, and how even more fierce their women are and talks about him being a blade master and, and, it was that point that it, it dawned on me. I think that he was uh, named for Errol Flynn because this is not a character I, re- or I recognize from the books. So I'm thinking oh. Errol, Blade Master. Yeah. They're, they're having a little Errol Fits. Flynn nod there. Yeah, that works. 
Um, and he he agrees to teach Rand some sword forms, and he starts talking about sword forms, the the parting the silk and and things like that. And and I love that because that's something from the book. Yes, some, is it? They 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 always keep talking about these sword forms, and they're always these poetic names like that. But they're always poetic in a way that you can kind of see the sword form in your in your mind. It it just makes sense. You know, like they say, the river undercuts the bank. And you can just kind of see that. Like, you know, you go down on one knee and go across their belly. Nice one from the chat. Sweeping the leg. <laughs> Sweep the leg, Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> Reaping the barley. <laughs> then we get another orderly, an unnamed orderly. We'll just call him Dick. Good old Richard. Um, <laughs> the disorderly orderly. Richard, the disorderly orderly. I, th- I think we just named the character. Nice. They just let anybody have jobs these days. Uh, and and he rubs it in that he gets to work with the VIPs and the famous rich clientele while Rand has to sit here and work with these stupid PTSD guys from the war. Who cares about them? Yeah, the first of many people I wanted to jump in this episode. Uh-huh. It, it certainly makes what happens to him later easier to stop. A little yeah. more satisfying, yeah. I, I think that's why they did it this way, because the way Errol reacted, oh, I, I would have. I would have beat him on the spot right there. Yeah. Then we move back to the White Tower, and we see Nynaeve is getting a tour of the yellow quarters from Leandrin, and we get a lot of exposition about Crimson Thorn. Hey, did you hear about Crimson Thorn? Crimson Thorn, it's, it's, it's a root. It, it'll kill you if you take too much of it, but it'll help pain if you take just a little bit of it. It's called Crimson Thorn. Did you hear about it? Yeah, it comes powdered. Yeah, it's it seems to be, you know, restricted substance. Yeah, FDA keeps it under lock and key. Yeah, I heard of it. What about yeah, okay. it? I, I just I noticed that they made sure that you knew good and well what Crimson Thorn was. Um, and Leandrin steals a little vial of it, which is probably why we need to know good and well what Crimson Thorn is. Leandrin, after they leave the yellow Aja, gives Nynaeve the hard sell on the red Aja. She's like, yeah, the yellows, that was cool. She she helped that girl. In the reds, we can take care of the things that would cause the girl pain in the first place. We can we can help more people by taking care of the source. There was definitely a sales pitch. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, can you walk me through your logic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not sure I understood how you got from point A to point B. I don't know if breakback fever and the source being corrupted have anything to do with each other it sounds like something some bullshit they would have said in church when i was a kid (laughs) (laughs) tell me explain i'm not gonna say you're wrong i'm just saying i don't get it definitely a stretch yeah i think the big fear is that you know as powerful as Nynaeve is she would want to be a yellow because that's where that's her history that's where she comes from Mm -hmm. it's a healer like uh, yeah that scene i like the look on her face like how she relaxed i was like oh naive someone sent she her smiled. to the healer in her element yeah first time you see her smile yes i was like oh yeah. you're really beautiful actually when you're calm uh leandrin goes on to say that she wants to be naive's teacher and naive's like yeah but you know you you kill novices so you can't teach people and leandrin says well i can teach accepted because i haven't killed any of those yet the ta that's only allowed to work with grad students so she says she's going to fast track her into being an accepted and then she can be her her teacher and nin kind of well maybe i mean fast tracking out of novices sounds good because this novice stuff is bullshit 
Now, one one fun little thing there is after she says that, and she kind of walks off and finds a vendor who says, sweet cakes, I said I. And I thought, you know, somebody's coming. Hey, sweet cakes, how you doing? You know, <laughs> how you doing <laughs> there? For a second, I'm like, sweet cakes, oh. I walking down the street over here. And... It's a harass and I said, I, a red one. That's <laughs> yeah. bold as hell. Yeah. You don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, especially Aunt Leandrin. It's like, whoa. So our next scene, we have Leandrin bringing those same sweet cakes to Matt. And, uh, Interesting arrangement of scenes. She steals poison, buys sweets, and then goes visit Matt. It was like, yeah. <laughs> so the first thing he asks, of really course, obvious assumption they want. Yeah. The first you to thing make. he asks is, "Are those poisoned?" It's a fair question. Yeah, it is. And she just might yes, tell the truth. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like you've kept me locked in here for months, and you're psychologically torturing me, and uh, then you bring me a treat to hell. To be fair, her her response was did make a lot of sense. You yes. know, poison seems seems very much not her style. Right. No, she likes to enjoy it. Yeah. She likes a spectacle. And yeah, she just she tells him that he's he's there, being monitored for the effects from Shatter Logoth. To be fair, a likely story. I mean, it's not the whole story, but it's definitely part of it. Yeah. And then she leaves, and this is, in my opinion, the most Matt scene that has been in the show yet <laughs> i love that when he's timing her leaving <laughs> doing the little game with the doing the lock and there's the, the chain and then she walks I and, yeah. was on the floor that, that was so humanizing it was brilliant and, and honestly like knowing book matt that is so book matt that that one of the first times i really saw book matt coming out in in the show it's funny as hell yep then we go Back to uh, Egwene, who meets Elaine, who is Aww. somewhat uh, privileged and sheltered, like 1% of the 1% of the 1% privileged and sheltered. Super privileged, super ignorant. Yeah. I was like, I will either love you or hate you. No in between. Which one's it going to be? She's trying so hard. She's trying. So, she is so privileged and so sheltered and so ignorant of everybody else's life. And she is giving it her best and, and, and failing quite often. But but yeah, yeah. Also understanding when she fails and, and trying to write her course. Right. I, uh, I think is something that we definitely see. I believe that the term for her right now at some points is just oh, bless your heart. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> I decided that I loved her, partially because this is kind of how me and my high school best friend met. Like, <laughs> like I don't want to be bothered, and she's in my face, and she's like, "We're going to be friends," and I was like, "Uh huh." And look, we're sixteen years later. We're still, we're still close. <laughs> so you were the Egwene in this in this situation. I was, I was absolutely the Egwene. Like, ugh. Come on, I'm just I'm just trying to get oriented because we met at freshman orientation, and <laughs> she was like, "Hi, I'm so and so. Who are you?" Yeah, she's like, "We're gonna be we're gonna be friends. I can't wait to get to know you." And I was like, "If you say so." I'm just gonna go off on a, on a side tangent story, but uh, similar to that, uh, the first time I met DW, the very first time I met him, I had I'd not actually met him yet, but I I witnessed him enter the room and interact with some people and then i went to introduce myself to him and i'm like hey we're gonna be great friends 
And he just kind of looked at me like, what? And I was just like, just from observing him walk in the room, I'm like, this guy and me, we're going to, we're, we're going to click. I can just tell. And, and here we are. So you were the Elaine. In yeah, that I, I was the Elaine. You were the adopted. You were voluntold. You were voluntelling. Yes. Yes. CW for friendship. We get Elaine being, you know, 1% of the 1% of the 1% and, and lets out the little, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited that I get to be here with the common people. Like you're my subject. <laughs> One of my subjects. You can sort of see Egwene starting to be won over a little bit in spite of herself because she's just trying so hard. She's, she's charming. I think you can also see on on Egwene's face, I'm nobody's fucking subject. What are you talking about? Yes. <laughs> two, two Rivers folks don't necessarily recognize the fact that they are supposed to be part of larger animals. exactly yeah, yeah like i'm guessing like they don't have the portraits of the royal family like in the in the common spaces at no. or at least in the, the village courthouse like there's none of that going on probably not no. yeah yeah you ask the royals and they'll say oh yeah two rivers is definitely part of andor and you go to two rivers and they're gonna be like what the hell are you talking about what's andor <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so uh then we get to shiriam and alana having a meeting uh, Shiriam's warder is absent become, because she says some things should be just between sisters, to which Alana just completely ignores her because yep. where Alana goes, so goes her warders, damn it. And they have opinions. Yep. Yeah. And they are not afraid to express them. And thank God they did, honestly. Someone's got to look out for Nynaeve. People are like, oh, we want to accept her. I'm like, she's been there for like two days and you guys, you, she's still not channeling. Like, I, I can see why, I can see why Leandrin was able to kill a novice. What the hell? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. She's still very much a tool to the people in the White Towers, whereas the warders who are out there whacking each, each other with swords are like, yeah, she's actually a person and, you know, maybe we should be concerned. Oh, Maxim brings up that Nynaeve and Egwene and the daughter heir are all pretty powerful. So we got ourselves a little dream team working here. Powerpuff girls. <laughs> okay, so now we have to cast the cast them. Um, yeah. Nynaeve is buttercup because Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and she's yeah. already in green. That was easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah there you um, go. Egwene would be blossom. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Anyway, um, yeah, the, we get that mention of them being all super powerful, but then we also get a mention once again of Loghain and Mazram Taim. The false dragons. So, uh, yeah, we're getting uh, Mazram Taim upside the head like a bowling ball, subtly. Yeah. And then we find out that Leandrin called for a vote in the hall on whether to send Naini for accepted or not. And Alana has to leave the city to go meet up with Moraine and isn't going to be able to say anything against it. Check off saddlebags. Yeah. And then we see Nynaeve uh, looking for Leandrin and ends up seeing her and chasing her and following her into the city. Hmm, wonder what's going to happen there. Yeah, the, the man, the mystery man she's been meeting with. My first reaction was, is Leandrin going to Matt? Yeah. Yeah. And if Nynaeve finds out that she's got Matt in a prison cell, God help yeah. Leandrin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, ooh, all hell's about to break loose. <laughs> God's like, Leandrin, you're on your own. <laughs> no, no, God's staying out of that one. 
She would take her head off. So we jump back to Arid Daman, <laughs> um, and uh, Uno and everybody else uh, arrive at Atuan's mill. Perrin complains about the smell of the lionfish that they're cutting up, and Elias is like, yeah, I'm, I'm not all about this town lifestyle. I'm going to go sleep under the stars. And tells Perrin at this point that the Shinarans are not his pack. I thought that was an interesting conversation. And that was an interesting choice of words. Like, I don't know if anybody else knows that Perrin is connected to wolves, but I, I don't think Elias says anything on accident. Yeah. So, well, well, nobody else necessarily knows he's connected to wolves, but you think maybe the guy with the golden eyes might, might know something? You would think. A little something, something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go sleep with the wolves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and the lionfish that they were cutting up, that, that is, in the books, lionfish are mentioned fairly regularly, mostly by Swan, because, you know, yeah. she's the fisherman's daughter. Um, it doesn't look like the boat that she and her dad had was, you know, was yeah. able to pull in <laughs> something that big. And, and. Yeah, I'd never vision, envisioned a lionfish like that in my head. I thought it was either just a colorful de um, description of a shark or something like that. But this is clearly just an enormous fish. It's yes, huge. an enormous and scary fish. A lion like in fish form. <laughs> so, Loyal was talking about it being fermented, and I was wondering if it's like that fish that uh, the Icelandic shark that they, they bury in the... Yeah, they have to ferment yeah. it because it's so full of urea, which apparently is quite the acquired taste if you're not used yeah. to it. It's pretty yeah. foul. <laughs> so then we're on the road with Maureen and Varen et al. And uh, Maureen and Varen are chatting. Varen is showing how observant she is. Uh, she is mm -hmm. sharp. Yeah, she... She... Figured out that one of them's clearly the Dragon Reborn, and uh, Moraine gets a bit thready and a bit stabby. With quickness. I was like, oh, Moraine. So, so, so aggressive. So, and then they're stabby. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, if she doesn't have access to the source anymore. Yeah. Her only way of defending herself is going to be physical. She's going to probably be a little twitchy. That would explain the water workouts all the time too. It's like you want to have good arm oh, strength yeah. if you're going to be using a knife to defend yourself. Oh, she was doing. She was Mr. Miyagiing herself there. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, Varen just doesn't even blink. She's just like, okay, good. I'm glad that you threatened me because otherwise I'd be concerned. Yeah, that would scare me if I were Moraine. Because why? Why aren't yeah. you <laughs> not surprised? Not worried? I mean, she she's not worried because she's an Aes Sedai, but like still not even a step back yep so moraine asks her for an oath of allegiance and varen's just like yeah nah that's not gonna work for me sorry but her logic is absolutely oh, spot yeah. on oh yeah can't fault it i said i can say anything <laughs> we all know <laughs> and she says look i i can go to the tower library and i can look up some prophecies and i can find information that might be useful and she talks about prophecies of toman head and battles in the sky and a sword of flame and a branded hand that wields it haven't had a good look at tomas's hands yeah well me neither uh, there's a flaming sword already yeah we've seen that yeah, yeah we've seen this we've seen a flaming sword and i can tell you uh the location of toman head it is actually 
very close to Arid Doman. There's actually a, a, a geological feature of Arid Doman where Perrin and Loyal and everybody else are currently ah, hanging okay. out. I'm like, you're going to have to give us more than that. We don't have a map. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to dig a map out and start looking up some of these details because I, I saw the the in the x-ray that they're they're mentioning the name but you don't i never clicked on it to see where exactly it is on the map so it does have that in the x-ray i saw that yeah okay good to know okay so our next scene we're back in the foregate in kyrian uh the foregate is is that area outside the main city walls it's it's pretty much where the the poor people live yeah people are reveling there's large trollic puppets being jumped around kind of like a um mardi gras Mm -hmm. parade float things yeah Yeah. something like that um and rand follows around the the um oh that's right we named him richard Uh, Richard, the disorderly Richard dick for short yeah so Rand Rand sees sees Richard and and follows him and uh, gives him a good proper beatdown that all of us looked the other way during and just whistled. Yes, we didn't see anything. Yeah. In in the in the captions, he's Jan is the actual name, but uh, Richard suits him better. No, no, Richard, he's yeah. Richard, Richard the disorderly orderly. Yes, yeah. I like Richard. Richard works. And during the beatdown, Rand uh, accidentally touches the source. Gives him an extra little bit of whoop ass. And so he, he goes running back home and, and of course, Celine is there and he says, uh, look, I need to be alone. And she says, let's be alone together. And, and they establish that the safe word is Turangriol. <laughs> I was like, Celine, you're, I don't know. I don't think you know what's going on. I don't think you have the full scope of information for this to be safe, sane, and consensual. I think you, you should go. <laughs> the uh, heart wants what the heart wants? I don't think that has anything to do with the heart. I don't think yeah. the heart yeah, has much to do with this one. Question mark on that. Yeah. So we jump back to the White Tower, and uh, Iggy is giving Elaine a tour. And then uh, Elaine keeps like, oh, how's it going? So-and-so said I. And that's when Egwene realizes, oh, you didn't really need this tour, did you? And Elaine's like, yeah, my my mom kind of knows somebody. And, and I kind of did summer internships here all the way through high school. So, you know, yeah. It's part of her princess education. Yes. Of course. She, yeah. she has to go to the tower. Finishing school. Mm-hmm. Shiriam confronts her and asks her for the name of the maid that brought all of her stuff in. And Elaine is like, uh, no, snitches get stitches. I'm not a rat. Sorry. We see Elaine really show her backbone for the first time here. Mm-hmm. She, she's. It is a, a nice character yes. moment. Yeah. Her backbone. Her. Yeah. Like her nobility. Like not. And I feel like it's the kind you can't teach. You either have it or you don't. Um, and Elaine clearly does like, she's not just doing this because she's a princess. She's a queen to be, you know, this is how princesses and queens should, should treat people. She's doing it because this is how people should treat people. And, you know, it's like great power comes great responsibility. And so like, she's not going to let someone take the fall for her, especially in this 
dynamic. Like she's all she's already a princess. Like to be a channeler on top of that, it's just like <laughs> like she kind of Captain Marveled it. And so like it wouldn't necessarily be fair, I guess, in her mind for a maid to take the fall for her. Like just ethical. Yeah. Uncle yeah. Ben would be proud. And a little bit snarky because she does that line about before breakfast yeah. or after breakfast, and you see Egwene kind of giggle. <laughs> Got a personality. And that's the moment where Egwene said, "You know what? Maybe we can be friends." <laughs> it, it was that moment that actually it really showed me that she had that regal bearing because I yeah. mean, Shiriam is supposed to be the person in power in this situation, and Elaine is taking punishment, but she still seems like the one who is dismissing Shiriam at the yeah. end of it. You know, it's. It also shows her solidarity with the uh, with the other uh, novices or whoever is the one that let the maid in. That's the name she's not giving up. It's not necessarily the maid. It's who let the maid in. So she is who showing some solidarity. Who let the maid there. in? Who? 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 Uh, yeah. So <laughs> so she's showing she is a, she is a team player. I don't know why I did that. Oh, I know why you did that <laughs> because it was right there. Could not resist. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, she's showing that she's she is willing to be a team player, is willing to be one of the girls. She's not just there for, you know, dilettante purposes, you know, just as a finishing school. She's there to to learn how to how to do the work. And I see it as she's already a leader. Mm-hmm. She she already knows that mm-hmm. I don't I don't pass the buck. I don't let the people under me who are doing these things in my name, in my stead, take the fall. It, it ultimately, I'm the one who wanted these things. So ultimately I'm the one who should take the fall. Yeah. No shortcuts. Yeah. I like Elaine. Yep. So then we get back to Nynaeve following Leandrin and, uh, she does follow her all the way to North Harbor, uh, where we find the, the man that, Leandrin has been seeing in North Harbor. Um, and she sees her giving this old man Crimson Thorn, but not concentrated, just a little bit so that he can have relief from pain. Yep. Because they made sure to point that out earlier. Mm-hmm. Diluted, it <laughs> works paying as paying attention. Yeah. It's like morphine. Diluted, it works as, yeah. as a painkiller, not necessarily kill you outright. And uh, Leandra notices her there and yells at her to leave. Um, and and Nynaeve explains, well, sorry, but by the way, he is still in pain, and, and I can see that, and you need to give him, him some some turmeric also. And, and Leandra screams at her to just get out. Just get out before I do something that both of us regret. Yeah. She will not accept help. This was the most heartbreaking scene yeah especially when you for both of them figure out that it's her Mm -hmm. son which is why they mentioned you know living for hundreds of years you know slowing down the aging process i I instantly caught that yeah oh makes ah. sense also why leandrin's like no waters no connections men slow you down like i think she would feel the same way about a daughter but Connections, yeah, are weakness. Like, yeah. you have to. I guess for Leandrin, being an Isidai, you have to leave behind a son in a slightly different way than you. You'd have like 
you could keep a girl in a sense. In a way, you can't keep a, a son. And it's, in her head, it's a bit, you know, mixed up. Yeah. But even a, even a daughter, if she... If her daughter does not have access to the source, she's going to watch her die of old age. Right. Like, I just found it so fascinating that this is the person who, in these two episodes, has been the biggest bitch, the person that you hate the most, and you give her the most heartbreaking scene I've seen in the entire mm. show. It's just it's it's just such an amazing piece of character development. It's also very real because that's what grief does to a lot of people is make them angry and mean. Like not everybody goes through grief and comes out softer, comes out, you know, more smooth around the edges. A lot of people like they for whatever reason, I don't even want to say couldn't cope because I think that is a valid way of coping with grief is anger. But, you know. Some people internalize it and it it turns to rage. It turns hard. And that like that that made sense, especially for the kind of person Leandrin seems to be. And I don't say that as a you know, like to disparage her or anything. It's like she's got a soft spot. You know, when I realized that I flashed back to uh uh Cassidy and Preacher. That was another character that didn't age and had a son that was, you know, dying of old age. Which which was also heartbreaking. Uh, yes. Yes, that was. Yeah. Cassidy's one of my favorite characters of all time. But. Oh, yeah. Great character. Uh, so then our next scene, it's just a quick scene, and Matt is still digging his way out of his cell and digs his way straight into the cell next door. So... Obviously, he didn't think this one through very far. Well, he didn't know. <laughs> you would think dig under where the the, the window is. window is because yeah. you know that that's an exterior wall. Yeah, they don't mm. feed him, so he wasn't thinking correctly. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. He was still on a sugar high. <laughs> He's had two sweet cakes <laughs> in the last six months. <laughs> he was still on a sugar high from the Danish, the street Danish that he got brought. And then we meet the next door neighbor. Yeah, we discover Min is next door. He's so glad to see her again. Familiar like, face. Hey, girl, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> what do they got you for? <laughs> Min is so funny. Oh, just, oh she's like, hilarious. It's a sex thing, isn't it? <laughs> I was like, oh, I can't wait to see these two together. Like, just sarcastic goofballs. The I can't wait. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> are, are we getting any uh, um, possible romance vibes here? Or Yes. Yes, really? I did. And I was like, oh, should I keep my shipping goggles on or no? And I was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> fuck it. <laughs> Let's go. You got to think they're both in prison. They've both been in solitary, you know, any port in a storm. So I don't know if it's so much, you know, instant Cupid love reaction or just like another person. I don't know. I just think these two would be great partners in crime. I mean, yeah. you know, partners in any other sense of the word. Yeah. I don't know yet, oh. but. Definitely shenanigans. Yes, I'm on Siobhan's team here. <laughs> like, shenanigans afoot. They are they're too much alike. They're more shenanigans partners than than anything else. Yeah. In in my opinion. I can tell you this whole storyline is not in the books, so I am I'm just as in the dark as you are. Nice. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I just love that. What did you do to piss off the blonde? I love that line. <laughs> <laughs> 
the other line in there is, yeah, she looks like she'd be in a domination. Min oh, has the best <laughs> lines in this episode. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, that's in this universe too? Right on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next scene, we're on the road and uh, Adelius is talking about Tomas being a snack back in his day. Still a snack. I was about to say, <laughs> I don't know. It was. <laughs> he, he can still make that sword flame, if you know what I'm saying. Bow. For some reason, he ended up bonding to Varen, and, and that was the end of his sex life. <laughs> Again, I love her. She is all of the Golden Girls wrapped up into one. She's so funny. <laughs> she reminds me of, there's, there's a couple of witches in Terry Pratchett's Discworld series. One is very severe and grumpy, and the other's just like party town. Always <laughs> chasing men and getting drunk, and she reminds me so much. So then we get to hear the story of, uh, Moraine tells the story of how she and Lan met. She was following him up near the borderlands and he knew that she was following him and he stopped near a pond to meditate and she tried to sneak up on him. And as soon as she touched his sword, he did what Lan does and grabbed her and chucked her in a pond. And got away with it. (laughs) (laughs) Any thoughts about that story? It's hilarious. It reminds me of the story that the warders tell about Lang getting thrown mm. off a horse. <laughs> it's a great meet cute. It's like you did one, have one weak spot in like your entire life and everybody who knows you wants to share yeah. this story because it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go back to the White Tower and uh, we, we've got Matt and Min and they're sharing a bottle of wine. Um, Min tells her story, says she was on a riverboat that, that ended up getting off course in a storm and they ended up docking in in Tarvalon and she thought well you know I could probably just disappear into a into a bar job and nobody know I was here and of course some red who happened to know about her stumbled into the bar and and found her so and reds can't keep a secret to save their lives no, apparently they cannot uh, so then she goes on and tells Matt about her powers and Matt starts taking the piss with her saying oh I thought it was something way worse than that yeah I love how Matt shares the bottle of wine, pours her a glass, and then he just takes the rest of the bottle. <laughs> well, he only has one glass. I think the implication there was, you've been getting a bottle a week. I've been getting shit. I'm drinking right. this wine. <laughs> I need to catch up. We yeah. need to make this fair. He's, he tells her, no, I do not want to know my future. Everything in life has been shit so far, and it's just going to be constant shitstorm in the future, too, so I don't want to know. I'm much happier just taking it as it comes. I get the impression from men that that is not a reaction she's gotten before. No. She's genuinely surprised. It must be refreshing not to have somebody want that Mm -hmm. from her. Yeah, well, the fact that she brings it up, I think she's used to people, like, as soon as they know what she can do, asking, so what do you see about me, you know? And and he doesn't do that. He just starts taking the piss. Um, and then just before she disappears back into her own cell, she has a vision of Matt stabbing Rand with the Shadow Logoth dagger. Yeah, I was like, oh, she doesn't know they, they are besties. Mm-hmm. But she knows she, you know, she knows Rand. She's met him, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yikes. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and we do know that, that everything Min sees comes true. So, But we also know that some of the things that she sees come true in visions. Yes. There was this, because what she saw of Rand was him holding a baby. That's. And that happened in. In the. His vision. In, in the in, eye of the world. Uh, the alternate reality. Oh, uh, yeah. 
So anytime she sees something we don't like, we're just going to say, oh, that happened in some other reality. That's that's yeah. how I'm going with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, because uh, wasn't, uh, wasn't Ishmael showing Rand that he killed Matt along with everybody else? Yep. Who's right? Yeah. The Battle of the well, Visions. I assume that Ishmael, like, that was, like, him trying to get, like, into Rand's mind, like, yeah. under trying, his skin. Trying to get under his yeah. skin. Get a yeah. rise out of him. Whereas Min, it's not she's she's making it up. It's this is what she sees in the future, literally. Yeah. So. Yeah. So then we jump back to the foregate in Kyrian, and Celine and Rand are are cuddling, and they they basically talk like a pair of broken people who are trying to fuck the pain away. Mm-hmm. This whole conversation is so hilarious. They're both basically they're saying, "Yeah, I don't give a shit about yeah. you. Yeah. I don't give a shit about yeah. you either." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Glad we had this talk. Yeah. Glad, glad we understand each other. Yeah. She's like, look, I pretend that you're my ex because I can't get over him. And you use me to try to forget about whoever it is that you can't get over. So we'll just keep using each other that way. I'll, you help me remember. I'll help you forget. Mm-hmm. Get over other people by getting over and under each other. So our next scene is in the White Tower. And uh, Elaine is showing Eggie how she makes uh, Pruno with the power. I don't know. It looks like a nice little homebrewed IPA, you know. And it's got that the little cloudiness good. to it. It's like, yeah, Very yeah. cloudy. And, and, yeah. Unfiltered IPA. Here you go. I, I still feel like they're, they're kind of in something similar to a jail. This is Pruno. <laughs> is it really Pruno if you can brew it using the one power? Uh, maybe. Yeah, talks about speeding up the fermentation, and yeah, I mean, then. So, what do we think about Elaine in this moment? Because the princess, queen to be, daughter heir, high Miss Muckety Muck is a homebrewer making Pruno. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it doesn't surprise me. Like what I know about rich kids, like yeah. really rich status kids, is that they always have something going on mm-hmm. where. You just you just never see it coming. That just seems out of character for their position, for who they seem to be, for like their expression. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, she she likes to <laughs> she likes to brew uh, liquor and trash bags. That's cool. Yeah, I mean, great. she is a uh, you know she's a self sufficient party girl. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> she makes she gives that line though about not being allowed to have fun or have any friends and. So she's also an alcoholic, I like, guess, <laughs> sitting alone lonely. in her room drinking, well, drinking homebrew. Yeah, and moonshine in the bathtub. It, it does explain why she's so aggressively making friends now that she's out That's from true. under her mother's thumb. She's like, all right, I get to make contacts, connections with other novices now. She, and she glommed on to Egwene, possibly because she's the first, first person she saw novice like that. that she met. Yeah. But she's also got the beer because you don't make friends with salad. Well, and if you also notice, Elaine's room was the last room at the end of the hall, and Egwene's room is the room right next door. So the closest novice to her would be Egwene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it just so happened that Nynaeve was not there at the time. So Yeah. And uh, speaking of Nynaeve, Elaine starts kind of gushing like, oh my god, like you know the Nynaeve? Mm-hmm. Like the Nynaeve? Oh my god. Yeah. Which... <clears throat> And Gwen's not super yeah, happy about it. <laughs> kind of gets under her skin a little bit. Um, 
and Nynaeve is going to try to find Egwene and goes to her room, but she's next door in Elaine's room, and Nynaeve does the classic sitcom, overhears the wrong part of the conversation, and... and I hate that. I hate that trope. I am disappointed that they used it here, because I hate it. And and immediately following, Elaine says, look, I I know we just met, but I'm going to be real with you, and uh, dude, jealous. Yeah. Trust me. Everybody is jealous of me. I know what it looks like. I yeah, I love that very quiet like calling in, you know? Yeah. Like baby girl, let's have a heart to heart. And uh as as Nynaeve is storming off, she gets taken to her accepted test by Leandrin who's like if I'd known what you were going to do, I would not have put this in motion, but we're already here, so fuck it, let's go. And, uh, yeah, they go down into the basement and with, uh, Shiriam and Liana, she goes to, to her accepted test. We switch scenes to on the road where Lan finds the poem in Moraine's bags and pockets it. And then, uh, when Moraine walks up, he says, look, I'm sorry for fucking up. And she says, look, I'm going to leave. You should too. Back there. We, we set a Shamael free. That's that's what happened. We didn't kill the dark one. We just set Ishamael free. And by the way, Rand's still alive. Yeah. We set we set his chief lieutenant free. Next his chief right tenant's going to be free. Then his chief David tenant's going to be free. And then we're all just <laughs> Once David Tennant's out, boy. Yeah, Moraine is saying, Look, I'm gonna leave. You should too. We we don't need to do this thing anymore. We we let Ishamael free. He he cut me off from the source with the flick of a wrist. That's so far beyond what I said I are even able to do. We don't we can't even comprehend what they're what these Forsaken are going to be capable of. I thought the interesting line in this conversation was when she says, I knew that you were the right order because I knew you'd be okay on your own. After I'm gone. She goes into this assuming that she's gonna die in the process. Well, not having the source, it's like you know, she's vulnerable yeah. for the first time in forever. Yeah, that's an interesting point to bring up because you think that most Aes Sedai go into a warder relationship knowing that they're going to outlive their warder. Mm-hmm. That that's that this is not necessarily their first or only warder. But she's known what her mission was going to be since she was a novice. So she's always said, I am not going to survive this. Then she gets mean and, and does again the go away. We don't love you anymore. <laughs> she tells him, hey, Rand is alive. And I'm loyal to him, not to the tower, not to you. I'm loyal to Rand. You failed me, and we've never been equals. So go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I remember how I said there were a lot of people I wanted to jump in this episode. Maureen's one of them. <laughs> <laughs> this was like one of the nastier breakups I've ever yeah. witnessed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that that line just, we have never been equals. Like, how fucking dismissive. Yeah, I was like, Moraine, you you you're, you should be ashamed of yourself. I have nothing. I have nothing to say, other than I was like, it's like, you know, Lon, just just hit her one good time. <laughs> I mean, she's she she's not lying, but there is a much nicer way to say that. But then again, nicer would not make him go away. But a nicer yeah. way wouldn't work, right? She needs him yeah. to leave, and. 
kindness isn't gonna like she's been trying for how long and it hasn't worked up till now she really has to hurt him and and she tells him look we're not equals you need to leave and if if you won't do it on your own i will have alana take your bond by force right yeah that was that was stone cold yeah so then we go to eridomon again um perrin is woken up by some sean chan soldiers dragging him out of bed literally uh yeah yeah. okay so (laughs) this is part where maybe one day we should do like a live feed of me watching an episode in real time because (laughs) my first thought was like what in the medieval ku klux klan is this shit (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) hell is going on here accurate uh so he gets dragged through a crazy battlefield happening uh we see masima in the background going crazy we see um the the sean chan all over the place um we see perrin grab a log and start swinging at the soldiers and that's when uno and ingtar show up and start kicking ass oh yeah uno's been waiting (laughs) uno's always waiting (laughs) the hero poses in this entire scene are just amazing. The Shinar and the Avengers is great. And you notice how Uno isn't bitching. Yeah. He's happy. Yeah, he's, he's got a happy grin place. on his face and he is, ha- he's in, yeah, he's in his happy place. He's in his element. <laughs> his element is busting yep. heads. <laughs> and uh, speaking of busting heads, we see what happens when you piss off an O'Gear. Oh, Boyle got some, yeah, uh, and- <laughs> He's got he's got quite the growl yeah. on yeah. him when he's upset. <laughs> that was impressive. Yeah, Ogier are slow to anger, but if you get them there, ooh, yeah, <laughs> get out of the way. Um, we see Masima coming out and and being a badass with with his sword. Masima was really impressing me. The the actor oh, with yeah. his his sword play and martial arts abilities that was just phenomenal. Oh yeah, the court the stunt court you know the stunt coordination on this the co- fight choreography top notch this is yeah. so good oh yeah ingtar rallies the shinarans and that's when the shan chen channelers show up and go Brrr. the pacifier party i was watching this especially when they had loyal like on the ropes quite literally i was like this looks like a slavery <laughs> I didn't know any better. I'd say this is a slave raid. And then they march and I was like, oh, it's a slave raid. Yeah. Oh, yikes. And then I was like, why does anybody go outside in this universe? Like, I would simply not. (laughs) (laughs) Build the walls. Stay there. So we hear a a marching sound after the Sean Chan channelers do their their thing. And a big giant fuck off palanquin comes marching into town. The size of a mountain. That was yep. impressive. That yeah. was. Yeah. And and we see uh High Lady Suroth and her voice and a familiar figure, uh, Ishamael, standing there with him. Is she Um any thoughts in anybody's head at this point? Ah oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much yep. sums it up. <laughs> So I have to say, my immediate reaction is, why is this major military force going after this itty-bitty fishing town? Um, and then I looked uh, somewhere in one of the the 
background trivia things on Amazon said that Toman's head is like this little peninsula that is so vulnerable to invasion by sea that the kingdoms on either side side only claim it when it's politically expedient to do so at the time. Yeah, more or less, yeah. So this is this they landed here just because it's the easiest place to get to. Yeah, it's it's easy to get to and very undefended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they can just basically walk on to land and nobody's going to stop them. Even the Shinarans, Shinarans were only there by pure coincidence. Yeah. Uh, the uh, Lady Surath asks Ishmael, "Are they ready?" And Ishmael answers, "Well, they have to. They'll have to be, won't they?" As he's staring right at Perrin and the Shinarans, so he's got plans. What do what do they need to be ready for? What are, what are we thinking that is? Invasion? Are they getting pressed into service? Actually, that was my first thought. I was like, oh, oh, okay, they're getting drafted. That sucks. Conscripted would be the Shanghai. Thank you. Shanghai would actually be. I could not find that word for anything. Uh, So then we jump to our final scene, which is in the foregate again, uh, Rand going to work, um, and he gets promoted to VIP duty, which we find out why he was going for that in the first place because he gets to go hang with Loghain now. Mm-hmm. Loghain is their VIP resident. I was like, hey, Loghain, what's up? That You're is back. so smart, though. Like, I had said at the end of last season that I really wanted to see Rand go and kind of, like, search for his IEL roots, but this was a much smarter choice on his part to talk to the one person who might be able to relate to his experience with the sort with the source and uh yeah we get uh the randon Logan show in the end credits so thoughts from anyone Rand's smarter than i gave him credit for oh yeah he's playing the long <laughs> yes. game he was definitely playing yeah. the long game any thoughts about uh what's going on with rand what's uh what's he gonna get from Logan? what's what's his whole thing with with celine going on what's i think I think the Celine thing is just sort of a, uh, it's convenience for him. It's convenient and he's yes. 21. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well stated. It's con- You know, he's studying abroad. He is studying abroad, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's, they're eight time zones apart, like, and the hot French, the hot French kid shows up and once, you know cute little american play thing it's no it's the hot french lady it's cougar time yeah it is cougar town going on there um it's a freaking cliche <laughs> she's probably got some <laughs> ulterior motive that we haven't we haven't seen yet i don't think it's all just about the boingy boingy for her she's got a reason for going after him as well we don't know that yet we shall see uh you know i i think there's more there's more to her than just that. You think she's an Aes Sedai plant? I don't know if she's an Aes Sedai <laughs> plant. I don't know if she's an Ishmael plant. Who knows? Somebody knows they ain't telling us yet. So. Who is that? Oh, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> Rafe and Ruark are not telling us yeah. anything. Oh, well, I think with that, we can probably wrap this episode up. All right, that's a show. So we'd like to thank Michael and Jen at the Watch Party Secret Island Headquarters. 
Thank you, Thank Michael, you Michael and Jen. Jen. They are responsible for this nonsense, as well as our sister podcast, The Watch Party of Ice and Fire, Watch Party Lord of the Rings, and Watch Party Gaming. Please rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This helps us get out there. It helps other people find us and join the community. If you want to email us to get on our mailbag, email us at whatwatchparty at gmail.com. And if you want to find us on the socials, it's at whatwatchparty on Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you find your cat videos and conspiracy theories. That's all I know that happens on uh, on social media. We're also on Discord, so you can meet up with fellow fans and... uh. You know, share the conspiracy theories and cat videos. And now it's time for our final question. And final question for the panel. We've seen a lot of interesting pairings in this episode starting to form. We see we see Matt and Min. We see Egwene and Elaine. We see Rand and Loghain. We see a lot of really interesting buddy-buddy pairings happening here. What buddy-buddy pairing do you want to see in the future? What What buddy cop show do you want to see who who do you want to see paired up lawn and a therapist <laughs> i think adelius and alana together would also be oh, hilarious oh, you took mine Oh, <laughs> I, I could i could see that definitely alana, alana being the one that's like don't you think you're taking it a little far <laughs> I like to watch. Adelis would be like, says the woman with two warders. <laughs> yeah, she's just enough of a dirty old woman to do that. Oh, that was mine. You took it. Yeah, Willow and chat just said Uno and Perrin. I like that. An, an Uno and Perrin yeah. buddy cop. We get a little bit of that with the full group, but having them, you know, be on their own. I was, I was going to say, that's similar to my answer. My answer was going to be Uno and Loyal. Dang it, you took mine too. Oh, that was my second one. <laughs> you got to be faster, yeah, Greg. I know, I know. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah I, I, I just, yeah, I just love the idea of the, the very calm and collected Loyal and the very not calm and not collected Uno. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Okay, I'm going to have to come up with a third. Uh, sorry <laughs> yeah that that's yeah that's what alana said um <laughs> well played that that gets a golf play <laughs> i think we can go out on that <laughs> <laughs>